0: Star Wars 7x7, episode 3017. When Star Wars makes political statements, they tend to be more in terms of allegory and metaphor, that sort of thing. But there was the most overt political statement about the Empire that's ever been made in Star Wars storytelling during Chapter 5 of Andor, and I thought it would be worth revisiting that because it is just amazing. Punch it. Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod, and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy, and thank you so much for joining me for it. So this is our deep dive episode on Chapter 5, which is The Axe Forgets, but we're going to be building from the previous four episodes as well, and talking about the fascinating depiction of the Empire so far. And what I mean by fascinating is that it has really not been very much of a military presence. So, yes, we saw death troopers in teasers and trailers and social media stuff, that sort of thing. Yes, we've seen a couple of TIE fighters roaring around on Aldani. But we've not been given a sense of the overwhelming might of the Imperial Navy, for example. Yes, Major Partigaz of the ISB says something in his monologue to all of those ISB agents, you know, like the Imperial Navy, right? And that's pretty much it. Otherwise, the empire is being presented more as a corporate force and a colonization force. And yes, technically speaking, not a corporate force because, like, the Preox Morlana folks are more of a corporate force, right? But they also have their own security forces, and certainly the Empire has its own security forces as well. But basically, the Empire is acting like a hostile takeover company. Like, they're going in and firing people willy-nilly and taking over control of things as need be. And I'm no historian, but I have to say, it seems like there's a parallel between the Empire as it's depicted in Andor and the East India Company which you know I don't know a heck of a lot about so what I'm going to tell you is basically the summary from Wikipedia and I'll give you the highlights that I think are relevant so according to Wikipedia the East India Company was an English and later British joint stock company founded in 1600 and dissolved in 1874. The company seized large parts of the Indian subcontinent colonized parts of Southeast Asia and Hong Kong and kept trading posts and colonies in the Persian Gulf residencies. At its peak it was was the largest corporation in the world. It even had its own armed forces in the form of the company's three presidency armies, totaling about 260,000 soldiers, twice the size of the British Army. And for about 200 of its 274 years, they engaged in slavery practices as well. Now I mentioned that they had 260,000 soldiers and that was larger than the British Army at the time. And again, we haven't seen the Imperial Navy or the Imperial Army yet but we're going to and we also know darn well that they exist at this time so that parallel looks toward the distant past but there's another parallel that looks very much at our current day situation and to illustrate i'm going to play this clip where nemec is having the conversation with Skeen and andor clem if you will about his ideas around what's going on in the galaxy at that time once you've mastered it you're free We've grown reliant on imperial tech and we've made ourselves vulnerable. There's a growing list of things we've known and forgotten, things they've pushed us to forget. Things like freedom. That makes these oppression everywhere. Scheme pretends not to listen, but I know the message is sinking in. <laughs> He's writing a manifesto. Did he tell you? Apparently the only thing keeping us from liberty is a few more ideas. A few more ideas. I mean, it's so confusing, isn't it? So much going wrong, so much to say, and all of it happening so quickly. The pace of repression outstrips our ability to understand it, and that is the real trick of the imperial thought machine. It's easier to hide behind 40 atrocities than a single incident. But they have a fight on their hands, don't they? Our elemental rights are such a simple thing to hold, they will have to shake the galaxy awfully hard to loosen our grip. Uh, I'd like to hear what Clum believes. I know what I'm against. Everything else will have to wait. You're my ideal reader. Now that's a lot in a minute, so I'm going to address some of those things point by point. First of all, the notion of things that we knew and had forgotten and that we've been pushed to forget. In the world of Star Wars, it does make one think of the Jedi and the fact that, you know, somehow So many people have forgotten that the Jedi even existed, although I guess you could make the argument that maybe not as many people knew about the Jedi as we all thought in the first place. Like maybe they weren't that famous throughout the galaxy necessarily. But it also put me in mind of a person named Amy Siskind or Amy Siskind. Apologies Amy for that (laughs) pronunciation situation. So she's a best-selling author and the president of a nonprofit called The New Agenda, which works for the empowerment of women and girls. She had started a website, which eventually became a book that was called The Weekly List. And in it, she was detailing all of the breaches against democracy that were happening during the Trump administration. And this was centered around the notion that as these things happen and as we continue to live with it, we would just start to accept them as the new normal when we perhaps needed to be reminded that what was happening was not normal. And so her list was a way to avoid the forgetting. And then there's Nemec's bit about It being so confusing that there's so much going on and that there's so much to say and it's happening so fast that we can hardly wrap our heads around it I mean certainly that feels like if you are all engaged with social media (laughs) that the fire hose of information that we get from those outlets while on the one hand you know information can be empowering but the ability to manage it with everything that's going on is certainly a challenge to our generation then there's his comment about the pace of repression outstripping our ability to understand it and reckon with it, which very much feels like when you have crimes being committed and it seems like the wheels of justice take so long to grind that it even makes you doubt whether it's happening at all. Sound kind of familiar? And then there's the bit about the Imperial Thought Machine. That's the trick of the Imperial Thought Machine, that it's easier to hide behind 40 atrocities than a single incident. Well, it's certainly also easier because that's happening across a galaxy and dozens, hundreds, thousands of planets instead of just, you know, one planet like ours. But I have to say that even though Nemec identifies Cassian as his ideal reader for his manifesto, I'm not really sure what Cassian is saying in this moment, and I would love to hear your opinions about that. So in response to um, Skeen saying, I'd like to hear what Clem thinks, Cassian says, I know what I'm against." and everything else will have to wait. What does he mean by that? So let's break it into the two phrases. First of all, I know what I'm against. He could be talking about what's happening right in that moment, like what he's going to be going up against with the garrison the following day, or he could be thinking about the Empire itself. I mean, he certainly has expressed anti-anti- <laughs> excuse me, anti-Empire sentiments to Stellan Skarsgård, to Luther Rael, and talking about them being, you know, so fat and sad satisfied and all that fun stuff, right? And he certainly agrees with the sentiment about putting a stick in the eye in a way that it matters against the empire. But then he says everything else will have to wait, which makes it seem like he's thinking about those broader ideas about the empire and about society in general. And yeah, he can only focus on what he's focusing on right now and everything else will have to wait, right? We also have the luxury of perspective in the sense that we're meeting Andor when he is just becoming part of the fight, as it were, at least a more a part of the more organized fight. He is not yet the true believer that we meet in Rogue One, but we know that this story is supposed to get him there. These two seasons of Andor are supposed to depict for us how he goes from just his own small, private, quiet rebellion to actually fighting for the rebellion in quotes and all caps but again if you have a different idea about what Cassian is saying in that moment when he says I know what I'm against everything else will have to wait let me know either at the comments for this show's episode at sw7x7.com or the comments on YouTube for this episode or hit me up on Twitter sw7x7 podcast I would love to hear what you think and that is going to do it for this episode of the podcast so it just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it as always and may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Star Wars 7 x is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks andor copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited. Other respective trademark and copyright holders may the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7 by 7 We hope you love it.